superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Art DeRozan's daughter made the trip to Miami. Oh. This might not no. have happened. No. Better come to Miami. We to go to school. Guess what? A Friday in April doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Earlier on the show, seven-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. Browns wide receiver Elijah Moore. Coming up, Packers offensive tackle David Bakhtiari. From Peacock's shooting stars, actor Wood Harris. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Uh, hour number one, we had Tom Brady on, and uh, it was great to chat with Tom. He sounded done um, and sounded like he was looking forward to being a minority owner of the Raiders. And uh, he offered to put me on the TB12 system for my uh, annual charity run next year. Kind of insisted. Uh, I have. Well, he cursed about my run. Twice. He said it was a BS, the way I've been running. <laughs> and he what dropped. the F was wrong with yeah. you is basically kind of what it, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, but if you missed it, the show re-airs right here on the Roku channel, channel 210 uh, on the Roku channel dial. Uh, every single day, as soon as we're done, re-air right away. We got our podcast. We got YouTube. We have our Rich Eisen Show video on demand. Uh, service as well. Um, hour number two, we talked to Elijah Moore of the Cleveland Browns. Wood Harris, the actor uh, uh, who was Avon Barksdale in The Wire. He was left side um, in Remember the Titans, uh, Big Jude Campbell. Um, he is also in the new Shooting Stars on Peacock, available on Roku about LeBron James's high school team. He also plays Spencer Haywood in Winning Time. So much to talk about with Wood. I had a very nice chit-chat with him during the commercial break in our green room. He's going to be joining us uh, in a matter of moments. But from the Green Bay Packers, you see how you see what I just did? Went from our green room to the Green Bay Packers. Oh. I mean, you, you know, I took nice. the word green. Well done. And, green and then you, yeah. Yeah. Please. Well done. Well you know, done. I don't really have to show you how the sausage no, gets made. I, I just need to cook it up. Uh, joining us from the Green Bay Packers, uh, he doesn't do uh, many of these shows, um, so I'm always appreciative when the left tackle of the Green Bay Packers for so many years joins us on the Rich Eisen Show. David Bakhtiari is back here. How are you, David? Good. I uh, just finished up today. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing good. It. Here from you. When you say finished up today, what's finishing up today? You're done with your... Uh, I mean, just practice for the day. Okay. Your organized team activity? Is that what you're saying? The 100% voluntary organized team activities, yes. Understood. So how organized is the team activity, David? Very organized. I might have, Oh, I, I mean, that's why it's so organized, that's why they put it in the title. <laughs> so it's redundant, is what you're saying, when they put it in the title like that. Just You're just assuming the team activity is organized. Um, okay, fantastic. Um, all right, I'm just going to jump right into it. What's with the word rebuilding and why you're having such a, a crazy time with it? Let's just jump. I, you I'm know just, what's funny? I think it's it. more other people have a hard time with hearing that word, and I guess it's more triggering for everyone else. But I, I, at this point, I think it's kind of like I'm just having a ball. Like everyone wants to take it any which way, um, and I'm just I'm kind of here for it. Uh, if everyone wants to have chaos and too, like great. I, nothing anyone's going to say to me hasn't already been said over my long tenure of uh, playing left tackle. So uh, it's just been kind of funny at this point. Well, I mean, because you know, when when folks say, let's just say in management, use the word rebuilding, well, they kind of rarely do because it it does imply that there's no shot. You know, like you're rebuilding. It's not like uh, okay, we feel we can win the Super Bowl. Rebuilding kind of uh, undercuts that. So, what's your what's your uh, definition 
of a rebuild as you have described this year's Green Bay Packers is potentially undergoing right now? Well, I think you take the word rebuild and break it down and see what you're doing. You're redoing a build. Okay. For the longest time, I mean, ever since I've been here, there's been one pinnacle person at the quarterback position. And then now there's been a bunch of change. And also when you look at the way money has been, how we pushed out money from uh, previous years to go after Mm -hmm. uh, keeping the core together. Now there's a bunch of cap hits of guys that aren't here. And then couple that, you have a very young team. Now, where people get uncomfortable is like, not all rebuilds are bad. And to me, I sit here and I'm like, I'm not going to ignore the past, but I'm also not going to discredit the future. Like, we are changing. And to me, this is a rebuild. And I I use the analogy of they rebuilt from Favre to Aaron. Mm -hmm. So to me, it would be disrespectful to be like, oh, Aaron's gone you're not rebuilding off a Hall of Fame quarterback. And that, that's what they did uh, uh, with Brett. I mean, like, in rebuilds can come in all different shapes and sizes. It's a spectrum of it. Now, I am not Nostradamus. I can't tell you exactly how this season is going to play out because right now we're undefeated, just like 31 other teams. That's right. That's right. Now, and the beauty of it is we have the season to play out, and then we can see where we fall. Well, I, and I, we're all professionals, and our goal is to win. I mean, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going out there to lose. Like, that's, that's asinine. Well, and I also know how you feel about Aaron. Everyone knows that as well. Um, and, and that's the kind of way I, I also took your comments is that, you know, um, you're not denigrating your current team and opportunity. You're, you're kind of paying respects to 12, right, by saying we're rebuilding with another quarterback here. Am I saying, like, if you don't call it a rebuild, you're potentially denigrating Rodgers and his standing and his legacy? Is, is that one way to take it? I, I do think that there's definitely weight in that, absolutely. Um, you know, this is the first ballot Hall of Famer, arguably, arguably, and to me, one of the best pure quarterbacks the game has ever seen play the game. And that, for me, when I look at it, when you change off of someone like that, like, we have a, whole, a bunch of new pieces. We're so young. And with that becomes new advantages and disadvantages. And like I said, I, I'm not a fortune teller. I can't see what's going to happen in the season. Let the season play out, and then we kind of see where we are. I, and I use the analogy of look at Seattle. Seattle rebuilt off of Russell. And look at them. Their rebuild was a playoff team. So when everyone freaks out on saying, like, oh, we're going to be throwing the season, like, yeah, rebuilds go all across the board. There's constant change and flux when you have a lot of weight on one certain guy, a pillar guy, for a franchise. No, and, and I was in Texas Stadium uh, on an NFL Network Saturday night, Romo versus Favre, uh, in 2007, when I, if I'm not mistaken, you were in uh, Junipero Sarah High School? Or am I saying Junipero it? Junipero Sarah, yep. Okay. Uh, the, same, the same high school Tom Brady went to. Okay, there you go. That you had uh, on earlier. My yeah. first hour guest. Well, look at us coming full circle here. Uh, well, yeah. When I say us, I mean us in the studio, but you're, you're part just of like that right now. Green Room, Green Bay. That's it. You heard it. That's, I'm just turning <laughs> phrases. Um, but, you know, uh, you were in high school. I'm standing there uh, in the end zone, and Favre goes down, and I'm thinking that's the end of this game. And then Aaron Rodgers came off the bench, and I was standing there in the end zone with Mariucci, Marshall Falk. I believe Sterling Sharp was part of the NFL Network broadcast that night. We're all looking at each other. We go, holy crap. Like, this guy can really not just play football, but excel at it and be – um, special. So I'll ask you, um, what are you seeing out of Jordan Love? And, and he's clearly got a lot of, you know, <laughs> a high bar to clear. But uh, what are you seeing out of this kid that might make everyone think, all right, um, this is this is a possibility to just keep on churning forward, David? I, I think the biggest thing is the control, um, the control uh, and demeanor in the huddle from his, like, from being back here from the beginning of the uh, organized team activities, Mm -hmm. uh, his ability to go in and out of the different checks, not stumbling over the words of all the vernacular of our play calls, and to really manipulate and go at a more of an advanced level of playing the game at quarterback. Because I think there's a rudimentary level where it's like, I get the play, I have only one check, and that is what I do. And there's there's also the game within the game that we – talk about him preaching, the longer you play, you kind of can pick that up. Seeing him, you know, really having the full reins of the team 
uh, and having that control, that's been the one big thing I've seen. And the other thing is just finally, you know, he's when you are not that he never was himself, but you're, you, he was the backup for Aaron. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know you know your role and own your role. Now that he is, you know, the starting quarterback, seeing him kind of showing everyone himself and being cool and confident in, that, in himself is the other awesome thing that I've seen, and I can't wait. But at the end, like we're also talking, this is, you know. The first day of June. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, so there's only so much you can see. I've seen guys look like they're going to be all worlds in OTAs, and then they absolutely stink it up once the pad come, the pads come on and when football really matters. So I'm taking everything like a grain of salt. I've realized that you can't really judge right now what guys are in, you know, shorts, helmets, and their minds are swimming just trying to pick up and knock off the rust from the offseason. What about the concept as well that uh, Jordan is more of a peer of these young receivers than than Rodgers because they're, you know, close in age and maybe close in interests off the field and things of that nature, and that that alone might work chemistry-wise this year? I I don't think it's that much weight into it other than exactly what you said. Like, that is a fact, and that, you know, is an advantage, but – I don't think it's like the, this, you know, huge headline thing that needs to right. be making waves. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, Jordan is younger. He, you know, has grown up in an era more along the lines of most guys that are in the locker room now, so he has a better way to assimilate. But I don't think it's something that needs to, that's like make or break, like, wow, what a crazy thing. Oh, Aaron's an old man. He's, you know, he's 48 years old. <laughs> well, I, I saw I, him I, rocking, I always, David. I him for his age. David, like, I saw but, him rocking out to Taylor Swift the other night. I mean, yeah. a, I mean let's yeah, he's, try, he's trying to be hip. He's trying to keep his ear to the street. <laughs> he's a Swifty. Did you know that? I didn't know that about oh, him. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah, he's a big Swifty. Okay. Yeah, I mean, back-to-back nights, too. I think he went back, you know, like one night's not yeah, enough that, for him. That, that seems a little desperate. Going once, I understand. <laughs> Desperate. Now that's an interesting <laughs> adjective to use. That, interesting. Or he's flexing that hey, his new spot. They giving him great tickets at MetLife. He yeah. already he already knows the ticket people at MetLife. We know that he's already well versed on that part of the. He's my guy. I can't. I can't let him have it always easy. I, I always got to bust his chops. I know. Are you are you the OG of the locker room now, David Bakhtiari? Yeah. Are you? I'm, I'm I'm an old man. I mean, I, I'm the guy who's trying to keep his ear to the streets now. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I am the second oldest by age. And the but the longest tenured. So I, Pat O'Donnell, our punter, he yeah. is technically older than me, but I've been in the league longer than him. So what is your your opinion of that, or your your thoughts on a role? You know, we always talk about roles in the media. Is is this something you you relish, um, or you dispense wisdom, or what? Like, how do you view this, David? Uh, one, I think it's awesome. I mean, it, it's a kind of a cool little badge of honor. Um, to have uh, it kind of speaks to the my career. The mm-hmm. the other part is, I mean, of course it comes with wisdom. I help out where I want to help out, but I'm I'm over here just trying to have fun. I've always tried to have a, too much energy, upbeat, always having fun, busting anyone's chops, uh, but always being willing to have anyone bust my chops. That's always kind of been my demeanor. So I'm having a good time, honestly, with with these young guys. It's always kind of funny, uh, fun and funny to to mess with them and especially the young rookies coming in because uh, they, they're just tr- trying to just understand the day-to-day operation what it means to be a pro and having this be your job and seeing them sometimes stare through me not at me mm-hmm. because their minds are just swimming as this I, I i always kind of enjoy that because when you've been when you keep doing this so long uh, i'm sure like in your profession they get everything slows down everything's really easy for you but in the beginning i bet it was a little you were more on edge making sure you were hitting your marks where you need to be, mm-hmm. saying the right sponsors when they're supposed to, not trying to fumble over words. So <laughs> I, I use that analogy and sure. how uh, things have been going now. Right, but you're also teaching them how to be a Packer, I'd imagine, since Rodgers, it appears, took everybody else on the offensive side of the ball, David. <laughs> yeah. Out of there. You know? Yeah, I, apparently he has, he has a, a, a posse. He's got an entourage, and apparently I'm not, a, I'm not it. Just like uh, when there was like an inner circle would know, and I – I remember saying, well, I didn't hear anything about this. Well, how about, how about this, David? Um, I'll view this uh, as you're too valuable to be allowed to leave Green Bay. How does Rich, that... you just know what to say. You know what to say. That's the truth, though, David. <laughs> you're too damn valuable no, I... to, be, to be going somewhere else in their estimation. That's what I'm I, I No, I, I appreciate it, and that's uh, – like, I'm it, – it doesn't matter to me. Like, I, I, I've been here since 2013. Mm-hmm. We have a great relationship um, from my point of view, uh, from myself in the organization, I, 
I have a good time. I, I'm, I, I don't really let things to like eat me up. I take every day at face value for what it is, and I enjoy the moment because I know at some point, you know, the moment's going to be gone or changed or altered. And uh, I was just telling, talking to Goody yesterday, like, I'm, it's, it's fun. Like, I'm making the most of it. I said this is voluntary. I don't exactly want to be here because we've worked it out in my deal where I have to mm-hmm. for my bonus, but I'm not going to come in and just, like, salt it up. I'm going to... I'm here anyways. I might as well have a good time. I like it. I'll make the most out of it. Well, or, yeah. maybe, or maybe, hold on a minute, maybe you're still in Green Bay because you have good reception at your house and Gouda Kuntz doesn't have to FaceTime you to talk to you, it's David. It's weird because Goody always FaceTimes me, so <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess I guess him and Aaron don't have a FaceTime relationship. I guess not. I, mean, I don't know. A lot of times, like, I'll pick up and, you know, usually my FaceTimes are usually uh, yeah. when I'm in the bathroom, so, and Gouda <laughs> so he, he gets it. Well, you got a prettier face. Maybe he, you know, <laughs> maybe it's that. Maybe it could be that. Yeah. How come? True. How it, come, David? You don't have a podcast yet. How come you're not bussing or or oh, doing your or, or new heightsing yeah, or just like everybody else? Bussing, I, I've heard like they. How long is it going to take for you to get on there? I see you. Uh, <laughs> you'd rather go on part of my take. I, I understand that they're like the bigger dogs, but I mean that really just is a crushing blow to, to Will and Taylor. You know, listen. Uh, as I <laughs> I took, I don't know if you saw, I took Will for a walk the other day on Twitter. I did. I did um, actually. I, I'm a big fan of the walk. I, I I had to take him for a walk um, because he thought I it was a troll move going on the podcast that was in New York while I was at the sports Emmys, which is not a flex um but uh, humble brag you know uh, it's just it's or facts and (laughs) you know and and i've got uh three kids 14 12 9 two uh two dogs a wife i'm moving i've got two jobs uh getting to nashville uh and honestly and i i told taylor this when he said he's getting his pod and it's on a bus i'm like oh great so you're gonna come to los angeles i'll go on and he says no there's no motor on the bus and um I made a stand uh, years ago, uh, David. Ironically, when I was in Nashville for the draft, um, last time I was in Nashville, I said, uh, you got to have a motor for me to come on. And I'm, I'm, um, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get things done properly, David. What I, I respect that. You're a man of integrity. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. I, I, I'll, I'll take that. Um, and then to answer your question, why well, don't I have a podcast? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of have fun kind of jumping on you know fitting in where i fit in uh hasn't you know it's been pretty saturated there's already awesome people in the area and right i mean honestly probably a little too lazy to want to set it up myself so I <laughs> to build it. I, i'll see what i can do i'm not gonna sit here and lie okay i mean if if uh, the rich eyes and so you know always partners we talked about this earlier i mean oh. I, i'm never i'm not not open to it okay I'm just also real with uh, you know, my other ventures and endeavors I am doing, I'm like, I don't want to put in all that work. Okay, David. Um, I'm, I'm picking up a little bit what you're putting down, but look for more of my contact to you about what you might want to do in front of a microphone. And if we do put you on a bus, there's going to be a motor on it. You're going to take it all over the country and meet people. That's the way I'm going to view it. But there's really, I love Taylor and I love Will. Um, it's nothing against them. Uh, that's my opinion. On that front. Yeah, the only the only request I have is instead of a bus, Nick, if you can just do a private jet, and I'll oh. just do my podcast on a private jet and fly all over. That seems a little more uh, uh, sure. feasible and a little more entertaining. The bus thing might, you know, that yeah, that seems a little cramped, a little sweaty. I, I've been in that bus a few times. Understood. Uh, oh yeah, you, uh, you know, I would say tell me about it, but I haven't, as you know, famously been on the bus. PJing with the boys doesn't sound like a bad idea. I like that. Yeah. I like That'd it. be great, and it's a write-off. Look at us, Rich. We're, it's you know, a write-off. This, this is this is we are brainstorming. Right we are. This whole conversation has been a write-off. Uh, <laughs> David, thanks for the call, man. Like I said, I know you don't do a lot of these, um, so I appreciate you doing this show as always. Appreciate I, it. I appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I'll, I'll talk to you again. Thanks right back me. at you. We'll FaceTime next time. Let's do that next oh, time. Yeah, of course. You okay. Know, you got my number. David Bakhtiari here on the Rich Eisen Show from the Green Bay Packers. Chopped it up with David. PJing with the boys. What do you I'm, think? I'm into this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm down for that. So down for this. Yes. Oh, this is our speed. Oh, you're saying you're the boys. We, yeah. Who, who are the boys? <laughs> who, who else? Who Suddenly are, Mike Del Tufo's who like. Who else would be the Oh, my God. I mean, look at us. He's, I mean, he's locked in like he's on Riddle all of a sudden, I'll this guy. It. I'll mix it. I'm in. Well, Mike, you're the helicopter to Catalina with the boys. Yeah. That's true. That's, oh, that's even worse. Worst he's idea for a first date ever in the history yeah, of this program. All right, let's take a break. Wood Harris is in our green room. <laughs> I cannot wait to talk with this man about yeah, his man. entire career. 
and his latest project called Shooting Stars on Peacock, available on Roku. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on the Roku channel, our radio audience will rejoin us in a matter of moments. Thrilled to have here one of the stars of Shooting Stars on Peacock, available on Roku. Wood Harris is here on the Rich Eyes Show. Great to see you, Wood. Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm thrilled that you are here. All right, again, this is about LeBron James High School team. You play the AAU coach who put the kids together. Oh, boy. And this is available on Peacock starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, what attracted you to this project, Wood? Um, well, it's a reunion between me, the director, Caleb, who, who plays Little Drew, mm-hmm. and um, Algie, who is also in the film. We did another project together uh, about the new edition, biopic. Mm-hmm. And then also, I mean, LeBron James and his story and just being a part of that. So I don't know how you couldn't do it, actually, at that right. point. Of but. course. Understood. And, uh, you know, it's a story that uh, obviously it's still going on <laughs> in many different ways. Right, right. Wood Harris here on the Rich Eisen Show. And we're back here on our terrestrial radio outfit right here. Wood Harris, we just showed a clip of shooting stars available tomorrow on Roku about LeBron James high school basketball team available on Peacock right here on Roku. So um how much did LeBron have a hand in in this making? I know, obviously, Mav Carter, mm-hmm. I'm sure, as well. I what mean, about- I, he he had everything to do with it. He and Maverick, they produced it. Obviously, he wasn't there all mm-hmm. the time. But the young actor who portrays him, Mookie is his name, mm-hmm. uh, had a lot to do with LeBron. I I didn't have very much. I had more to do with Coach Drew. Mm-hmm. And you spoke to Coach Drew? I did, yeah. Okay. I spent a lot of time with Coach Drew. What was that conversation like well, I mean, in the process, you do a biopic and you want to be, um, if you're put, portraying someone, you need to know things that aren't on the surface. So, and when you're digging, like if I had to portray you, I need to know things. You're a very funny guy. Thank you. Excuse me. You're a funny person. So, you know, you want to know what makes you upset. So sometimes you can't imagine a person that's funny, just frowning, you know? Yes. And so I was digging for things like that. You know, and I realized that you know it's just it's, it ain't a bad bone in his body, so there's a challenge there. Yeah, because I got bad bones, <laughs> so a couple of them, and he he's just really um, sweet natured person, very compassionate, and uh, and I'm like that, but he was able to pull that out of me even more. 
Interesting. Um, and did did he tell you stories about LeBron that you were able? Oh, yeah, to he use? told me stories about LeBron. All of them did. His childhood friends, unique stories. Just for the most part, he's always been kind of amazing at things. All things sports, football, and basketball for sure. Right. For sure. Like they have big fish stories football wise yes. about LeBron. So, yeah. So I think he can throw. The, I think he can throw the ball and go catch it. Yes. And, and score. Like well, apparently he was a great tight end. Yes, he was. Uh, like yes, he, he was. was. And he could have been a pro player, for sure. As we know, I mean, I think he chose the right sport. He definitely chose the he, right sport. And now he is the all-time leading scorer of the NBA. You're playing the high school coach, the kid who goes and beats Kareem's record, and you also play a teammate of Kareem's in winning time. Oh, that's right. <laughs> which is kind of crazy. And so, you know, you playing Spencer Hayward in Haywood in winning time, uh, you met with him too, I'd I imagine. I did, yeah. What was that conversation about? Because, I mean, you played a very difficult time in Spencer Haywood's life yeah. and winning time would. Um, you know, I was concerned about making him look, I mean, the authenticity and the honesty of it. I, I'm always, I want that there. Yes. But not at the expense of the person I'm portraying, you know, so that they maybe have to deal with something mm -hmm. away from, away from the movie and whatnot, people, the real world. So you portray real life people who are alive and they have to deal with it more than I do. So one of my things after speaking to him was I just kind of knew what kind of person he was. Mm -hmm. And uh, he gave me the freedom to really express that time in his life. And I, I felt really good about that. He gave me the freedom to express his the ills of his life uh, openly and with my interpretation, given his, given his recipe to it. So he's a great guy. He's relatively young because he was young. He was the first guy to go pro yeah. the way everyone does now. And interestingly enough, Wood, Wood Harris here on the Rich Eisen Show, I mean, LeBron wouldn't have come straight from high school if it wasn't for Spencer Haywood suing or the league sued the Seattle Sonics for signing him out of right. high school as the right. story. And that went to the Supreme Court for crying out loud. Unbelievable. And Spencer Haywood was a significant figure in the history of the NBA and LeBron was able to follow in some footsteps. And Kobe and, and, and everyone. Garnett. Yeah, Garnett. Keep going on and on. Right? Moses sure. Malone. Sure. A lot of players came right out of high school, a few of them, and he, he kind of gave them the blueprint. But he took a hit. Yeah, he took a hit. People don't know who he is, actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, the, so the predecessor to that, was so normal today, right. is not available, you know, in terms of the NBA. So uh, I think it's more so now. You know, in later part of his life, but yeah. we've always heard that name, Spencer Haywood. If, yeah. you, if you listen to basketball at all, watch basketball. You've always heard that name, but I feel like as time has gone on, you 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 know that name, but you can't associate it to anything. Like you don't know what he did, and yeah. Well, know. as you know, Jerry West wasn't very happy with his portrayal in season one of Winning Time. I do know that. <laughs> you knew that. So, what did Spencer think of you? Spencer your... was happy with me. Okay, I gauged him the whole time. You know what I would say about that is. Regarding Jerry Buss, and I think Magic even had a problem with kind of like the portrayal. Mm. I understand that because, you know, you're encapsulating these people for 10 minutes or so. Because he's only in each episode 10 or 15 minutes. Understood. Of a one-hour episode, maybe 10 minutes. And I think that the, the actor who portrays him is literally amazing. Uh, I, I would have done a little differently. I think I would have did it more my way, mm -hmm. which is um, very authentic you know, more more authentic than theatrical. Yeah. And then I you got to find the balance because, you know, like I said, you know, uh, I couldn't envision Jerry West being the way he was portrayed. Yes. It might be true, though, but there's a reason why we've never seen that, you know. So you sprinkle a little of that in there, but I feel like that was the overwhelming aspect of his character. So I can see Jerry West being disappointed. But the performance still was great. No, I I, I, yeah, so. I truly do love Winning Time, and I'm looking forward to season two of it on Max, as it's now called. Shooting Stars is available on Peacock on Roku, right here on Roku, uh, starting tomorrow, June 2nd, about LeBron James' high school uh, team and Wood Harris here on the Rich Eisen Show. 
I'd love to go down some. You were in so many great things, man. Um, so let's just jump uh, into Remember the Titans. Is it true you were a 30 year old guy playing a high school kid? I, I sure moment? was. You know, black don't crack, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Stop playing. Now I got my little Russ. You know, we call these grays Russ. <laughs> I got me and you, we got a few yeah, of these. I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I can't keep just for men in business. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, th- you're authentic. I get it. Um, what was it like being on the set with Denzel back in your day? Wood? But I was just the dreamiest thing because, you know, I'm very inspired by Denzel Washington. And uh, I had some other instances when I was around him before that, but I didn't get to truly meet him. But I was in uh, the siege Mm-hmm. Very small role. I was in college at the time. I had just gotten out of college, and I got that role in the, in the film called The Siege. And um, so it was a bit role, nothing he would necessarily even remember me by. Right. And then I, I came to be in the final casting between me and one other actor for a film of his called Fallen. Uh, and the role went to the other actor, Gabriel Cassius. And so I met Denzel in the uh, callback situation. It was just me. Denzel and the director. And um, and the next time was about two years later, it was Remember the Titans. And so, uh, you know, I, I got a lot of love for Denzel Washington. I, I'm inspired by him and Lawrence Fishburne and Sidney Poitier and like the James Cagneys and Humphrey Bogarts and sure. all them cats. Do you, you have a good Denzel story from the set, from, a, from the movie, from um, the scene? There's a few good Denzel stories. I would say... Uh, well, one thing great about Denzel Washington, at least at that time, we shot Remember the Titans uh, in Atlanta, mm-hmm. in Georgia. And uh, when Denzel would come on the set, we'd be in a stadium, football stadium full of people. And you could hear people talking, you know, just regular talk, yep. but it's loud. And literally, he could go on the field and be like, crowd would quiet up. and They'd first be, you know, he could actually go to like, a stadium, and people would quiet. Yeah, because Denzel would, Washington. They, yeah, he could, he could, he can make people follow, you know. And um, what I really got out of him the most is because I'm always like kind of searching for what I can sponge from a person, you know. Mm-hmm. So his professionality was really great for me to see um, time on time, and I just need to see that because as yeah, I'm artistic, so you know you might get in your own zone sometime and just mm-hmm. be sort of selfish or just alone in your thinking and not realizing I need to be more professional about things. So at that time, early on, I learned timeliness on the set, preparation. From him? Pretty much from him, yeah. Wood Harris here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's get to The Wire, um, which is, to me, and I, I know what I'm saying here, one of the, the greatest ensemble drama that HBO's put out, if not ever, it is sprawling, it is brilliant, it is thought-provoking, it is gut-wrenching, it is from year to year as well. It would it would completely change, cast members mm-hmm. mostly the same mm-hmm. as well. What was it like to receive a script from David Simon on that set with everybody else that you were acting with, Wood Harris at the time, playing Avon Barksdale, which is a great character? Well, David is, that whole team is just great. Um, David is a very thoughtful person. Uh, we know that if you know him at all, he's very thoughtful, uh, not just in his writing, but in general, uh, about things going on in life. And um, at the time that we were doing Remember the Titans, there was, you wouldn't know it would become, as you say, the greatest project at all or anything like that. You right. just wanted to, you know, we just felt good to be actors working and we did have a great camaraderie uh, the entire cast has a great camaraderie mm-hmm. and we went to work every day just trying to be great mm-hmm. like without ego you know so i think one of the things that 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 the wire accomplished was a lot of ego free performances like nobody was trying to outdo anyone no one thought of anything but the script or the task at hand and um it's not always like that you know it, it's actually rarely like that a mm-hmm. lot of the times people may have personal agenda, try to shine more, whatever they can do, but wasn't like that. And we were all pretty fresh faces and, um, you know, getting his script, you realize, wow, this is saying everything. You didn't need to embellish. Like there's not a lot from me, mm-hmm. for me, there's not very much like improvising. 
So it's everywhere, literally from the script, you know. And I like it that way because if I'm improvising, then I'm being more like myself, you know. Yeah. So I rather the lines come from the script. Um, maybe improvise sometimes, but not in the wire. Like we're really doing the the script, word you know? for word, so pretty word much. Word for word, right? For the, for and the then most part. and then being in scenes with Idris Elba as Stringer Bell, one of the best anti heroes, one would say, yeah. uh, ever. And and at the time, if I if I'm not mistaken, The Sopranos was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was. believe Oz was uh, also yes. happening at the same time, yes. and The Wire was not getting as much pub run. And when when did it begin for you to actually hit mm. in a way that is up there with those shows, if not surpass them? It was really what? way beyond, like way after. Um, during it. The Wire, this will sound like a lot now because shows yeah. don't have as much viewership, but back then TV shows popped up once a week. You know, there was no streaming. There wasn't this availability of a show Didn't wasn't certainly happening twice and three times a week. Right. And so um, with that in mind, um, wait, I'm, I'm falling off on, on what, what? Can you rephrase that yeah, question? Yeah, sure. When did Sorry. you realize when it, because it, it hit, like The Wire. Oh, right, 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 was right, right. a slow burn for right. people to view it as as groundbreaking as it was when it was breaking ground, man. Right. I mean, like, it's for real. Yeah, it was many years after it was done airing. And I was surprised, to be honest with you. And I was surprised that the viewership was the way it was in the first place. But weekly, we would get about 10 million viewers which back then wasn't very much. Now it's like a lot. But yes. back then, it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. TV shows got 20 million viewers easily. Sopranos had way more viewership. Uh, so what I like about that is it really, its accolades come from a, a genuine place because it's not even during the time that, you know, it's for people who watched it almost hindsight, you know, or people who didn't watch it on the first airing of it, who give it its like props, but people who really got into it, they love the show. Literally, like what you just said, you know, it's people's favorite shows. And of HBO's allotment of shows, it's the one that's spoken of at Yale and Harvard. And it's the examples are given in so many ways. And I think David Simon is the credit to that because he's very thoughtful and patient with his scripts. His scripts are intense, mm-hmm. thoughtful, and um, fairly, fairly distributed the characters are fairly, so you know Mike Williams' character. Rest in peace, the oh great kid, Michael K, my guy. But you know Omar's coming. Omar's, Omar's coming, coming, bro. Everybody wanted to be Omar. I can't front. Omar <laughs> had the most fun. He had the most fun. It's fun to play a bad guy, Rich. It's, it's fun to play the bad guy. And, um, man, he just did such a great job in that role. With the Honey Nut Cheerios? <laughs> the Honey Nut? <laughs> Are you guys yeah. Honey Nut Cheerios? But Omar coming? Omar's coming. He was... Amazing. We had him on our show in New York City when we were in New York City a few years ago, and I just loved chatting with him. Me too, man. That's, that was my guy, big time. He like was coming that. on to he was coming on to um, uh, promote Boardwalk Empire. He was Chalky White. Another great, another great show, a great performance by him. But that's a great yeah. HBO show too. Which it is. There's so many great shows on HBO. When people say The Wire is the best, it's it's flattering. Because right. of six, what's that? Six feet under. Oh, sure. Right? That was a, another that was an one that I think was show. on while the wire was on yep. as well. At the tail end, I believe that came out. Yeah. Um, really, that whole list of shows is pretty phenomenal, and to say the wire's the favorite of them, I'm just flattered by that. And then there's, of course, a, a famous uh, well gif that's out right now of you as Avon Barksdale in a car just waving your. Oh finger. yeah, yeah. Were yeah, you yeah. doing Matumbo when you were doing that? Were you, <laughs> I wasn't were you thinking about Matumbo at the time. Not, you were not. I wasn't channeling Matumbo, but that is not in the script. Obviously, like you know, they're just driving by me, and when I see him, I'm like, yeah. So you ad lib that. Yeah, that's a saying. physical ad lib. Yeah. Okay, you're free to be that way. I, you know, you're free to interpret the script physically. Like, you might you might do something physically, but yeah. yeah. And it's kind of wild that Michael B. Jordan was in the Wire. Oh, that's right, I'm and, forgetting the great Michael. And now he's 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 directed you in Creed. Yep, and himself. Right, so unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, pretty amazing. I Wood Harris here on the Rich Eisen show. Uh, one other question to ask you about: uh, You've got? Do you have a good Tupac story from Above the Rim? Wow. Okay, let me see a good Tupac story. I do. Okay. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't know how good the story is, but I, I spoke okay. to Tupac a couple of weeks before he passed. And um, so I spoke to him a, 
a few days, then he was shot, and then he he lasted a week longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but my interaction with Tupac was uh, a good one. You know, uh, he was very artistic, and uh, he was a mixture of things, as we know. You can tell from his music and his regular behavior. You know a lot about Tupac from that. I will tell you this about Tupac in the movie Above the Rim mm-hmm. um, that people might not know is, so during that, he got shot the first time during that. All that stuff, the rape uh, allegation and claim that came out and the shooting of him happened during Above the Rim, mm-hmm. right? At the end of it. So at the end, I had the director and the producer come to me and it's like, okay, we're going to change up the end of this movie. He's, you know, he's been shot. So we think we're going to do this. We're not sure, but we think we're going to do this. So this all, they had this entirely different path to take on the film. Mm-hmm. Turns out they found in the crowd a lookalike who looked just like Tupac. So if you look at Above the Rim at the end of the movie, am I giving away too much right here, Rich? You're supposed no. to stop people when they're talking to you. Not me. at not? all. Because you're, you're not the type of cat that's going to stop me from unveiling. <laughs> look at you, man. Your I'm, eyes look criminal right now. No, stop it. You're supposed no, to be slowing me down, no. bro. No, this is... All the, right, all right. Yes. Well, they, they utilized the lookalike who happened to look a lot like Tupac was the same stature. Yeah at the end of the film and that's how they resolved that um, other story about Tupac what I gained from Tupac as a professional was I realized the power of the actor from Tupac there's a scene in the film where it's a basic it's not even a scene it's a, a, a clip where mm-hmm. we just drive up get out of the car enter the park and that's the whole that's the whole shot so it's action we drive we get out and walk in cut in that process uh and we're in separate cars. I'm in my own car and Tupac is in another car. He has a young lady driving him to the game. So he reaches, back in the days, they used to have knobs. <laughs> sure, sure. To, oh, so, to take and it. if you remember, the ones without the little thing, so you might slip up. Yes, right. right. So Tupac, that's, we're dating ourselves right now. That's Understood. aging us tremendously. Like, I'm talking about a knob in the car. You have to roll the window, <laughs> the window up, window too. Yeah, sure, they right. had a roll-up window, right. Yeah, right. So Tupac grabbed and slipped. So um, there was a rhythm to it, right? He did mm-hmm. it again, and it was like, cut, because he hadn't gotten out of the car. Yeah. So but he said, oh, you guys got to fix this. You know, this ain't working for me. So they said, okay, nah, let's just try it again. I think you'll be able to get it. <laughs> so second time, same thing happened, right? He pulls the knob, knob. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He pulls it, same thing happens. Runs out the car, gets out the car, goes to the trailer, stays in the trailer like two hours. Right. So what did I learn from that? I learned the power of the actor because they had to come put another knob on the, on the car <laughs> for him. He chilled out, basically smoked weed in the trailer for two hours. <laughs> he had the set smelling like whatever it was going around. <laughs> right? Yeah. So but I really did gain that because it was a real gain. I realized that once they start filming you in a movie, mm. they're pretty much at your whim after that. Interesting. Yeah. We had Alan Hughes, a director, on uh, last month because uh, he's di- also was directing the documentary on on Tupac oh, and oh his yeah, mom. Oh yeah, and he's he, you know he had a history with Tupac as well that mm-hmm. wasn't very uh, you know. Yeah, I watched uh, the Rosie. Yeah, I saw it, yeah. So anyway, he said that if Tupac had lived, he would have rivaled Denzel in terms of Oscars. Is what he said with his acting ability. Now you've you've worked with both. Obviously, Tupac was uh, in a different state, but that's what he said. He said he was he had a genius about him, and that's he a fact. Rivaled. Oh, okay. that's a fact. I don't know about rivaling Denzel Washington. I mean, not to say that actors don't rival Denzel Washington, right? But I wouldn't give him that only because he had more than one career, and I, I feel like uh, his career in hip hop music would have been something to not allow him to become a great actor in a sense. Interesting. Yeah. Wood Harris, uh, you are great in everything that you do, and I could literally sit here for another uh, half hour with (laughs) all the stuff that you have done, and I cannot wait for everybody to check out Shooting Stars uh, on Peacock starting on Friday, available on Roku. Before I let you go, do you have any two cents on the NBA Finals? What do you think is going to happen between the Nuggets and the Heat? Uh, You know, it's easy to say the Nuggets might get this done quickly. Um, People feel like the layoff for them is a detriment. I don't know about that. I don't think the layoff of time is a, I don't think it's a big detriment. It Mm -hmm. might hurt them in game one. But to be honest with you, they have a point center. They have the most unique basketball player I think I've maybe ever seen. And uh, 
that guy is just, man, that guy is the best, man. He is. He literally might be the best. And we don't give him credit because they're in Denver and stuff like or whatever, but, and he's a center. And, and I will say this, I feel like Denver will probably win. Uh, it might be a gentleman's sweep even. Um, but you can't really, I mean, Jimmy Butler is, and, 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 the, and the Heat are tough. They are. They're literally tough. And I wouldn't say that Denver is tough. But they are skilled, and they have the best in, the, in that position. But they're not necessarily tough, as tough as some of the other teams, right? Um, I don't know if I can, you know, I don't know if I can qualify that completely. But, yeah, I feel like the tougher team might be Miami because they've been through much. They've been tested a lot. And I feel like their their connection is brotherly. They're bonded together in this thing now. Right. And I feel like Denver is um, – they don't have to have those things because they have such a great player. Well, the point centers one-legged off-leg three-point shot With over the – the bird joint from back here. Over the, over the shooting star's producer um, was <laughs> quite something. Uh, exactly. I will never forget that shot from Jokic that helped uh, eliminate uh, LeBron – um, hey, Wood, thanks for coming on here. Thank Re- you for having me, Rich. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, appreciate I think it. everything you said, uh, I was hanging on every word. I wasn't, you know, what'd you say? I had eyes of, uh, like... Criminal I'm, eyes, Criminal man. eyes. <laughs> okay. Criminal eyes. Okay. Rich criminalizing right here, <laughs> along with Wood Harris, at Noblewood on Instagram. Check out Shooting Stars on Peacock, available on Roku starting tomorrow. Back to wrap up this show on a Thursday in a moment. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I cannot believe you you watched Charles Oakley get dragged out of Madison Square Garden with your own two eyes. I mean, I could not. Mike Lee was there. You couldn't believe it. Did either. everyone just like it during Wait the minute, time? Mike Lee was there. That's that. Next thing you're gonna tell me, Jack Nicholson was at the Lakers game. McEnroe was there. I know he was right there. He was like practically in Oakley's lap. Was Woody Allen there? He was not. I don't know why that's funny. John Lithgow was John there? Steve Earle was there. I saw Steve Earle. Oh, okay. really? This is the, the new Madison Square Garden. Leon was there. The actor. Oh, sure. Yeah, he was yeah. there. What about uh, Bob Costas? Told you. Costas. Now. Oh yeah. You got. Oh, can you tell this story? Not feeling me. You got to tell the Costas. Tell the story. story. When I was like 21 years old, I went to the. Um, I went to the, uh, what was it, the Heisman Trophy. Um, At the downtown I, I, athletic I, I, club? Yeah, I, I managed to get invited. Like, I had an extra ticket or somebody gave me a ticket, and I went to the thing. And I went to the bathroom, and uh, Bob Costas was in the next urinal. And I was, like, 21, so this was 1990, <laughs> 91. And I said, when I was peeing, and I went, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of yours. And he told me, and he went, don't you know the rule? You're not supposed to talk when you're in the urinal. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't. That's how I learned the rule. Anyway, so I'm at the Knicks game. <laughs> I'm at the Knicks game, and I was—I never met him before uh, since then. And I said to him, "Hey, uh, this is Bobby Cannavale. I just wanted to introduce myself and say uh, when I was 21, I told him the story." And he went, "Doesn't sound like something I'd say." Shot me down. Just complete shoot down. Twice. And- well, <laughs> he, he was also sitting on the toilet when you told him the second time. He <laughs> was. He was. He was. He was. Yeah. So. He was, he was, yeah. He's like, hey, Ellie. So what did you... And shut the door, dude. I don't care that you have two Emmys. Chip. Chip. Shut the door, Chip. 
Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that Carnivali and Rudd clip in forever in a day. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I am sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Fun show. Great show. Uh, Tom Brady uh, says he's going to, you know, try and become the owner, uh, uh, part owner of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. If he does that, he'd need all 32 owners to uh, clear him to play for the Raiders, which he's not going to do. He's basic. He's, he's not, he's done. He, he confirmed that today. Um, so plans change, man. I know you say plans change <laughs> and plus Jimmy G is going to be just fine. He's going to be just fine. Cause you know, who's not anxious. The head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, Josh McDaniels had this to say on this day where Tom Brady was uh, media available. I have no anxiety. Right. Okay. There you go. You guys might have anxiety. <laughs> is there, so is there? A, I don't have any anxiety. Is there a confidence level then that he'll be there in training camp and ready to go? Yep. I'm not going to put a timeline or a day on anything, but um, like I said, I have no anxiety. Feel pretty good about it. Who's anxious? You have anxiety. I don't have anxiety. Huh? Do you have anxiety? I don't. TJ, do you have anxiety? I mean, someday you're the one who's anxious. I'm not anxious. <laughs> I'm not edgy. I'm not edgy. Are you edgy? You sound edgy. I'm not edgy. Are you edgy? You're edgy. I'm not edgy. I'm not edgy. Don't yell at me. Whoa. That sounded like the, uh, you remember, do you remember the, uh, the character uh, Martin Short played on Saturday Night Live who was in the, um, the 60 Minutes commercial, uh, 60 Minutes um, yeah. uh, spoofs where he, he had the cigarettes, the cigarette, the ash was like was, yeah, dropping three quarters of the cigarette. I'm not. I'm not edgy. Are you edgy? <laughs> uh, Who's anxious? You might be anxious. Uh, I'm not anxious. There's no anxiety here. Do you have anxiety? Jimmy G's. He he knows Jimmy G's gonna be fine. The autumn wind is anxious. James Garoppolo needed an addendum on his contract after he <laughs> failed his physical. While Tom Brady lays in wait. In the the Las Vegas Raiders are going to have to use Brian Hoyer. Because James Garoppolo doesn't have a healthy foot and required an addendum to his contract. Who's anxious? I'm not anxious. Are you anxious? Do you have anxiety? You look anxious to me. And scene. That's it. All right, new poll question. What's it? Are you, are you, do you have anxiety? Is that the poll question? More likely to throw a pass for the Raiders this year. Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Tom, Brady. Tom Brady. Stop it. Get out of here. <laughs> what do you mean? Get out of no here. Chance. You didn't learn anything from today's show. You learned nothing from today's what show. What did we learn? Today. Nothing. Today on you June 1st. Nothing. Tom Brady doesn't intend to play. Talk to me in September. Oh, here's what I learned. I learned the Patriots are going back to the Super Bowl because Tyquan <laughs> Thornton caught a pass in seven on seven on air. Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. 